back to the B-Team podcast. It's been uh, several weeks, but we are back. Uh, I'm Dave Prodan. I'm here with Chris Morrow. Hello, everybody. And we are here introducing to the microphone our producer, Milby Shannon. Milby, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, now, Milby, uh, everyone knows, everyone on the planet, certainly in the surfing world, knows who Chris and I are. Um, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. You were employee almost number one when I came to the new offices yeah. uh, post-acquisition. Exactly. Um, I think number two. I think always <laughs> probably number one. <laughs> but um, at the time, I was uh, when the acquisition went through, I was interning for Paul Speaker and Terry Hardy, and then kind of just ended up being in the right spot at the right time. Um, the new year rolled around, and the acquisition went through, and everything was signed, and they said, hey, do you want to be an employee of the ASP. I said, hell yeah, let's do it. And so I uh, was Paul's assistant slash office manager guy for a year. And then from there, I worked into production. And now I'm here. Now, you, now you're producing the B team. Producing the yeah, B team. You are. Big time. Moving up. All right. So a little bit of background. We are here on Tavarua in Fiji, and we have been here for quite some time. Uh, we were here for the Fiji Women's Pro and now the Fiji Men's Pro. But first things first, let's talk about the women's event. Um, it's pretty incredible. You know, it's a two-day contest for the women. It's a really advantageous to taking advantage of a swell cycle, and they scored. Chris, Chris, what were your thoughts for the women's event? Well, and you guys were here. I was back on the home front watching, and and you know, obviously the big story in the states was Bethany Hamilton, and what an incredible, inspiring performance. It was from her, and you know, to see it go national in the states with morning shows and evening news and all that kind of stuff was was absolutely a joy to watch, and and it was well deserved. And and you know, kudos to Joanne Fay for winning the event, and it was amazing. You know, it's a, it's a little, it, it's kind of a shame that Bethany's thing over, uh, you know, somewhat overshadowed her win, but um, I thought it was a huge huge event for women surfing and the performances again were incredible like uh some of the tens that we saw from you know carissa and the backhand tube riding and that kind of stuff so um i can't imagine what it was like for you guys witnessing it firsthand but at home it looked good and it's interesting chris that you brought up that that she sort of overshadowed the eventual winner mm-hmm. i mean bethany is one of those figures in surfing who who um you know certainly certainly has transcended outside of surfing right. uh, for her story um, and it's interesting, you know, she's gotten just so good um, in spite of, of obviously having a disadvantage physically to yeah. a degree. Um, but, but I was talking to a few of the girls and a few of the other sort of folks on the island that watched her throughout the week. And, and they were almost arguing that, um, you know, the physical disadvantage was actually a psychological advantage. And it has been like her whole life. It's actually motivated her to develop like mm-hmm. a technique that's really, really unique, mm-hmm. but also really effective. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, it's funny because Ross was sitting there, you know, really breaking down her technique and 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 how she's you know adapted so well. And those those carves that she was ripping off the top were incredible. You know that it's you know that the whole center of gravity thing and is it higher or lower and all that is is something she obviously had to adapt to. But she's done it well, and you look at. She's a powerful surfer. Yeah, she's very tall. She's like a really yeah. well built surfer to mm-hmm. begin with. You know, so. It, I just, you know, it was funny because, uh, you know, when she made it out of just the first heat or two, it was like, wow, this this could be amazing. 
you know, if she keeps yeah. this run going. You, and did, you did see it from the start. You're like, oh, this is, yeah. she's going to go far in this contest. Yeah, it's the, I mean, Cloud Rake is the ideal lineup for her. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, it was, it was awesome that they got ways and, and that happened. That's interesting you bring that up too, because a lot of the conversation now is like, well, do we give her wild cards to the rest of the events on tour? She's clearly proven to be a world class surfer. She had a wild card at Trestles last year. She didn't. She didn't make it through any heats there. Mm. Um, was obviously very effective here. You know, if she goes on a run, she could qualify via wild cards. And is that something that would be obviously very, very good for the sport? But is it something that she'd want to do? You know. Yeah, you know, uh, to your point earlier, look, Bethany is arguably the most famous surfer on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, more than Laird, more than Kelly. Mm-hmm. If you were to sit there and, and walk around the world and, and take a poll, more people would recognize her than anybody. Sure. And that means that she has a lot of different options um, to deal with. And she's a new mom and all that. And does she want to do the tour? Is she in that place right now? Who knows, you know? But I think, I think it's great for us to be throwing her those opportunities whenever, you know, the wild card opportunities. I think we should continue to do that. WSL should when uh, um, whether she wants to do the tour or not and see if she you know give her a right of first refusal <laughs> yeah I, I think she honestly elevates like everyone on tour and, and I mean it's probably a good segue to Joanne DeFay arguably yeah. one of the most unassuming young women to qualify for the tour in recent memory and she is really really lethal in really heavy dangerous reef breaks yeah, and you could see the sort of Reunion Island roots in her surfing. Her backhand was, was I mean, again, anybody who watched closely, her, her attack was vicious. And, you know, I think she's very much um, symbolic of what's going on on the women's side. You know, what we've seen on the men's side has been so much disruption, but there's a bit happening on the women's side too. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph and Carissa haven't won an event. Um you know, there's there's this new breed coming in, and they're definitely gaining a toehold, and and Joanne's one of them, and and she proved it, and you know I could see her making a good run. Yeah, Milby, thoughts on Joanne DeFay? First off, now two and zero in finals. She's mm-hmm. taken out both finals she's been in. She's a winner. She's a winner. You nailed it with the reunion island. The backhand cracks she was doing were pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think I think like a huge component of scoring well here is being able to put yourself in critical parts of the wave. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the girls are getting comfortable doing that now. I think Joanne has been comfortable like since she's been on tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're heading into another event, the U.S. Open, that is that's probably as opposite an event as possible as you can get from Cloudbreak, and she's the defending champ there. Like, yeah. and so I, I think Joanne is um, deserves huge uh, recognition for what she's achieved and. And also a shout out to um, Jeremy Flores as well, because Jeremy actually funded Joanne, I think he still does, um, to help her get around the tour. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great part of her story, really, when when she was struggling to get off off the island and get the whole thing, that Flores, just out of his own pocket, said, you deserve to be out here, I'm going to help you. Um, and, you know, I think, I think the other, like you just alluded to, was, the progression that she's bringing to the women's game, even though she's not always the headliner, mm-hmm. she's under the radar pushing all the girls, you know, performance-wise, because she's the one going for the little hamburger thing and, 
you know, club like, sandwich, yeah, and like Gold Coast, yeah. Stuff. Like all that kind of stuff that she's the one pushing and all those girls, she's turning the heads, you know, um, among them and, and, and sort of forcing the issue. Yeah. And getting them to raise their game and and so she's deserving of these these wins and these headlines, you yeah. know. And I think there's gonna be a lot more to come from her. Yeah, she she definitely is not intimidated um, by waves or by other girls on tour. So mm-hmm. I, I really am a big fan of Joanne DeFay. So big congrats to Bethany and big congrats to Joanne and to all the women uh, for mm-hmm. the Fiji Women's Pro. So that was really exciting. <laughs> Shifting gears somewhat to the uh, men's Fiji Pro, uh, hot and heavy. It's been seven days since we have <laughs> ran heats, but a lot of interesting stuff happened in those opening two rounds. Uh, Milby, I'll start with you. What were some of your observations from those first two rounds? Well, Kelly Slater has won his first round one win since Portugal last year. Uh, I'm sorry, who? Kelly. <laughs> Ke- I'm sorry, Kelly Where? Slater. Where's he from? Uh, I think Florida. I'm not sure. Okay, I'll let, we'll, we'll look it up after yeah. the show. Yeah, it's been a while. can't remember. <laughs> that that by far was, you know, probably the biggest story. Um, came back, you know. Kaloi kind of had him on the ropes for most of the heat, and then he uh, he worked his way back, found out that Kaloi got a score off of smaller waves during turns, and paddled down the point and made it happen, grinded through the heat. Yeah. Some passion. You know, a, lot, a lot's been said about uh, Kelly this year, obviously, and, and his equipment and his training and his preparation for events, certainly over the last two years. You, Chris, you watched that cl- heat very closely. Like, what did you think of Kelly's equipment and, and his approach to round one? Well, it's funny. Um, I thought, you know, his board selection here, which I think it was the Weber again, uh, was a much more appropriate choice at Cloudbreak than it was at Snapper. Um, and you know, having the thing that really stands out to me is I, I'm going back to the Kava ceremony and, you know, look, Kelly's been coming here for 25 years and Drew was his boy mm-hmm. and Drew passed away last November. And I don't know if you guys felt the gauntlet be thrown, but when, during the Kava ceremony, he's like, look guys, this is, a, this is a special year because mm-hmm. this event is for Drew Whoever wins, it's a big deal. And that was Kelly internalizing that this means something. And uh, actually, I just got done interviewing Kelly this morning for 45 minutes. It's one of our our missions here is on the editorial side is, is, is sort of landing these guys for some profiles, and this is a perfect place to do it. And he was pretty candid about, like, nah, this is pretty much where my year starts, you know. And, and Kelly's admittedly, he's like, look, I'm very distracted. You know, I've been distracted this whole year. I've got businesses. I've got boards. I've got whatever, wave pools. Um, but he seemed to have a little fire in his eye and I mean I think you see it and I think we'll see it right now look it's been seven days of nothing and Kelly's been playing around like everybody else but it'll be interesting to see him shift into game mode tomorrow and you know his match his next match was with Jordy and he yeah. and Jordy have been sitting down to dinner every night the last times. week and, <laughs> and that's talking to Michelle Perez about that he's like that's Kelly playing head games right there <laughs> Yeah, we, we will certainly be watching the dining room closely tonight and tomorrow yeah. to see if Jordy yeah. and Lindell sit down with Kelly and yeah. Kelly. Uh, but, you know, and, and, and Jordy, for what it's worth, I thought was the other most impressive oh, surfer. Yeah. You know, um, Jordy looked solid, 
So that's that's one of the best round three matches um, on tap right now. And you know there was other plenty of other standouts, but I thought those two were some of the best, and they they had some of the highest scores. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Chris, tell me this. I mean, Kelly for year for decades. Mm-hmm. It's just funny to say that for decades was the event favorite at virtually every stop on tour. I think a lot of the pundits in recent years have said that the the field has gotten so good, you know, and, and Kelly's getting a little bit older. Do you think he's cognizant of that fact? And do you think he looks at Fiji and maybe Tahiti and Pipe as events where he is still dominant and, and maybe is aware that he's not as dominant in other spots? Uh, that's a great question, you know. I think, you know, he is admittedly one of the most competitive people on the planet. And, it, and he's been that way since, you know, that was one of the, that was one of my first questions about is, you know, what shaped your character when you were a kid? And it's, you know, having an older brother who's constantly kind of, you know, you're both interested in the same things, that does it to you. I don't think he feels like he can't win in the Gold Coast or can't win at Trestles or can't win or any, you know. I think that's a good point. I, I think mentally he just, it would, it would never cross his mind. No, it's no. like, he, he, there's, he's, he's 44 years old, but physically, you know, with you, you know, and mentally, if, if he didn't know how old he was, he would be 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that, that, that's basically my take. Well, that's going to be exciting. I can't wait for that <laughs> matchup. It, well, it, and it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and chocolate in round one and two. There were some losers. Um, you know, a lot of missed opportunities at this mm. event. Um, Nat Young, former finalist, just had a really hard one against Dusty Payne. Nat surfed well. Dusty surfed well. It's got to be a hard one for Nat because he's so good out there and, and, and he's an event favorite. You know, Sebastian Zietz, current number four, even though he's a replacement. Kawaii boy, like, he's a, a very, very adept in reefs. Um, missed opportunity losing to Kanoe Igarashi. Um, but I want to talk about Julian Wilson. Julian Wilson has long been heralded as a title threat, but consistency in terms of delivering result it, it's evaded him you know mm-hmm. what, what were your thoughts on on julian's performance out there oh i remember that that was alejo yeah. it was alejo and you know that was the one i mean if you look they surf a lot alike yeah you know they have very similar stances very wide very, yeah, mm-hmm. wide Indies. low center of gravity both very aggressive alejo is very much on the mend right now from his injury from last year and honestly he looked really freaking strong Maggie. yeah Alejo is I think he's one of the more deadly guys in the field because he's injury has sort of haunted him every year a little bit Mm -hmm. like he's just had a hard injury run for him but he is like really strong in a lot of different conditions and he's a great competitor and he was arguably one of the more heralded guys coming off the QS onto the CT he just Mm -hmm. sort of had a bad run for injury but yeah I mean for someone like Julian who again he's very very confident out there former mm-hmm. finalist and i think we all expect him to be a title contender i know he does you yeah. know it, it's yeah. you know having having a string of poor results early in the year it's it's hard for him yeah well it it's definitely hard when you lose and you're with your girlfriend and you peel out at fiji you know <laughs> right away because if you're girl, if you're leaving fiji with your girlfriend you know you must not be happy because uh, you don't leave a place like this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think I think that, that parallels a little bit about what we were talking about with Kelly, just the mind of a champion. Yeah. 
I don't think Julian's the kind of guy that wants to go to the meals yeah. with everyone that's still in the event. Mm. You know, do the tandem paddling out front. He his mind's probably already on JVA. And the consolation prize was he went home and the waves and scored. Yeah. You know, a ten year swell at home on the Sunshine Coast. So and it's been flat here. Yeah. So yeah, so rough couple of opening rounds for some of our contenders, but a lot of excitement um, during those first two days. And and as we said earlier in this podcast, it has been seven days uh, since we ran a heat. Yeah. Um, and we are in a fairly remote part of the world, um, so we've been in a virtual and psychological desert, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> um, and it's been interesting to observe how highly tuned athletes deal with that downtime what's what's been happening on Tavarua from your observation it seems like everyone's just sort of trying to fill the days up with whatever activities they can whether it's you know yoga or soft topping or fishing but if you let the days run into each other that's when island fever starts taking a hold and everyone goes a little bit crazy so I think everyone's just trying to do as many activities as they can and just sort of break up the days really yeah I, and i think that's the the benefit and the curse of forecasting right is yeah. everyone knows it's like it's going to be a while before we we put our work boots back on how do we deal with the downtime um and the funniest thing was look taj is over on the motu <laughs> and let's let's just be honest it's just radically see, different experience <laughs> on that island. and the best the best thing was you know a few brave souls from Tavarua athletes you know decided to head over there one evening just to see how it was and they're you know properly and, and, and promptly scalped and came back with mohawks because everybody on the Motu has a mohawk every athlete except for Adriano and Gabriel who've been somewhat holed up I think with there's there's probably some kind of lock on their door yeah the locks named charlie medina he's just been barricading the door every night but interesting like interesting dichotomy between the two islands and i went over there yesterday and i, I still have my hair you survived and um how did you pull it's, that off it's, well the, here's the thing like they they all admit they they all went a bit nuts for yeah. a few days and there's a lot of celebrating in terms yeah. of taj's career Deserve and mick's birthday like and their friends are there joel parkinson Went who unfortunately blew his knee out before the event started, went home and came back just to be with his, his fellow tribe men on, yeah. on the Motu. But they're all, so they're all admitting, like, look, we all went a bit nuts for a few days, but yesterday <laughs> it was a completely different mood. It was very much back to business. And I, I was, came back to Tavarua and told all the surfers staying here, it's like, don't underestimate them. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, we've had sort of a steady bubble of insanity here, like low-level insanity occasionally, mm. like a little bit each day. You know, someone else is deciding to go nuts. Right. Over there, they all got it out of their systems at the same time. And now, and then they had a few days to transition, and now it's back to business. Let's be honest. You guys have been here for the whole window. I wasn't here for the women. But um, I hear... I hear the men are kind of lightweights compared to the women. Oh, the women. And the, and, and the, the dancing on the bar stuff in the restaurant. <laughs> there, were, there were definitely a few crazy nights after the women's event where it was just... Um, Some good times had. Downtime. Yeah. Well, the, the premier word there is after. Yeah, that's true. So, so yeah. But, but I mean, guys, like, I mean, we're, we've all been here for, for the seven days. Like, Chris and Milby, how have you guys been spending your days? Hold on. My favorite part of the Nemotu narrative right now is that they flew in Johnny Gannon. 
He's back. He's <laughs> whipping the boys into shape. Yeah. And they're coming strong. Mm. Getting ready for the two day. Oh, you think there's slow. gonna? You think there's gonna be a Nemochu champion this year? There, the past two years have been Nemochu champions. Owen, Gabriel. They're catching up. Unless, I mean, if it's truly proper cloud break, Kelly could bring it back to Tavarua. I'm not sure. Yeah. Could he? What do you guys think? I I think I think Kelly. If it's gonna happen. This is gonna be the one. For him, um, Drew swell. The Drew swell. Feeling it. Yeah, and it, you know, it's not going to be any twenty foot swell. I think we're looking at some solid eight foot cloud break, but that's perfect for where Kelly is. Yeah. You know, there'll be some barrels. He'll do some massive hooks. Yeah. That board did look really good in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's got as good a chance as any right there. Mm. Um, but he's got a like we said, he's got a tough round three match to to start. I think that's going to be one of the toughest ones. Yeah, and Jordy's got a lot to prove. Um, you know, I think we've spoken a little bit about Kelly and Jordy. The other big one, I mean, it was Taj's last hurrah, but Taj he's got John John. the yeah. Wunderkind, John yeah. John Florence. Thought, then, thoughts on that, Chris? I think it's awesome. I mean, this is just this is again one of the most intriguing of the event. I would argue just because. John John wants to send Taj officially into retirement, you know, and um, would love to because he needs it. You know, he's in a title race and he wants it. Um, but Taj looked deadly out there, um, and he's on his game. And you know, if Johnny Gannon's over there whipping him into shape, they're getting riled up right now. And John John hasn't been to Namotu. Wisely, <laughs> he's got be- he's got beautiful he's, hair. He's still got his hair. His coach made it over there and came back scout. So did his film right? Yeah. <laughs> so they, they took the bullet, so to speak. Yeah. But, but John John has not been over. I, I think Taj he's one of those guys that everyone loves him as a free surfer. They love his films, and I think when the pressure's off, that's when you see him at his most deadly. Mm-hmm. Even even in events, and I think at this event, like his pressure's got to be. At the lowest point ever like he's here to have fun yeah. and let his whatever's left of his hair down didn't get a 25th he's didn't. passed that hurdle yeah right who do you think has more pressure in this next heat john john or taj different kinds of pressure yeah you want to go out with a bang but i mean you know john like you know like you said i think i think john puts more pressure on himself than anyone on the planet and the entire yeah. planet seems to be willing him to award a world title yeah they you know right and, you know, a good result here definitely puts him in the good run. He's number three in the world right now. Yeah. It, it is. We, we, we talked about that before, too. Like, like it's just been such a weird, like, accordion year of yeah. each event. The top seeds go down and the bottom notes go up and then it just reverses yeah. the next event. Like, there's no... I mean, Wilco's had a great run. He's a clear front runner at the moment, but... There's no thoroughbred, proven champion that's been able to get out in front and hold on to a title in the past mm. up in that space. So it's opportunity, and that's why we talk about stuff like Julian, where it's like, this is an opportunity year for him to get in there. Same with John. Yeah. Yeah. And John's doing a decent job amidst the chaos of this season. I mean, he's in the hunt if he's number three. Um, but, you know, the. Those other guys who are lurking, you look at guys like like Italo, and you look at the stats on Italo, and you just go, wow, man. This kid, and he's, again, he's one of these interviews we did earlier, and 
He's like, yeah, I got my first board when I was 11 years old and immediately won my first contest. You know, a few years later, he's on the QS and he qualifies in like six months. The guy just goes on a blitzkrieg. And then he's a rookie last year and the guy, he's outside shot at the world title by the yeah, time he gets to yeah. Portugal. He, had, he so, hadn't been to like most of the spots last year. Most yeah, of the time, maybe. most of his first surfs at these spots were like heat one, you yeah. know? Like. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it was funny because we had to, he, he's still very... Uh, very much learning the English language, and so we had a translator. Allegedly, uh, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I, I, he, <laughs> he might be still. I'm, I'm claiming that's a con. Oh, yeah, but he, 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 he's uh, he, he was great yesterday. He was he was just the one thing that I took away from him is he is very much a student of the game, mm. and um, you know he talks about how much video he watches and how he goes back and watches every one of his heats before he comes to the event mm. from last year but not only his heats but the guys who won and watches every one of their matches and what they did right what they did wrong and you know he's very calculated um and uh and then the interesting thing too is his favorite surfers are are, are mick fanning and clay marzo huh. you know and, and and that says a lot you two know peas in, a, in two different pots totally different <laughs> pots but he's just like I watched all their videos. I have so much, you know, loves both of them. And, and it's a perfect mixture. You look at his acrobatic game, mm-hmm. it's it's right there at the top. Yeah. Um, and, but he's not lacking any power and he's not lacking any speed. And so, or competitive savvy. Yeah, or competitive savvy. So, yeah. he's got that little combination. I think that guy's going to be dangerous. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about Team Brazil. There's, eight Brazilians left in the draw. That's a third of the event. Gabriel Medina, Felipe Toledo, Wiggly Dantas, Adriano D'Souza, the champ, Italo, who we just talked about, Jadson Andre, Miguel Pupo, and Alejo Muniz. I mean, that is impressive. Mm-hmm. The storm. Yeah. They're, they're on fire right now. And and this is a fun, this is a fun place, obviously, because we get to see them all in action, and we're all um, rubbing elbows with them every day on a day-to-day basis. And, you just had a stand-up paddle session with Alejo and I mean with with Philippe and and Italo and all those guys and just they're they're on fire right now Jadson whether it's the basketball court or anything and they're they're pushing each other and they're having fun and uh, it's amazing just to see what they've been doing and you know one third of the field what are the odds that there, there's going to be a couple of them, you know, in the semi or one, at least. Well, let's talk about that. Let's close this segment with our guest for the win, Milby. Who's going to win the Fiji Pro 2016? Mm, I think Ace Bucking, Ace Bucking, win. That's uh, a like bold, bold. 2013 Tahiti style, grinding heats. Okay, it's going to happen. I like it. I like that pick. He's on my fantasy team, so that would, he's on mine too. That work out well. Chris Morrow. Who's your pick? Oh, gosh. I'm cheating right now looking at the draw. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to... I'm just... I'm going to go with the heart and go Druku, Kelly. Um, but the brain tells me it'll... Two picks. I know. I'm just saying, one and the other. Take your... take. The, br- t- the brain doesn't tell you Gabriel Medina? No. Although everybody's been telling me he's been just completely ripping in the warm-up sessions out there, but um, 
yeah, I just, I think, I think Italo's got, he's a machine. Yeah. You know, he's a machine and just, uh, he, he's got, he's got the rhythm right now. Yeah. In my mind. Dave, let's hear it. Wow. We just took up four. pretty, pretty. pretty wait, 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 wait is, but but we is, should let. Is there anyone left? Dave won. Dave won. Dave won the uh, internal. That's right. Won. The company. I so won our company league. So so plus, trust me, I'm in very much last place. So yours is the only opinion that matters. Who okay. do you think is taking it? Well, I like I like your Italo pick, but I'm gonna go with Gabrielle. And my point of difference between those two is that we're gonna have swell. Gabrielle's a little bit bigger um, and has a has sort of a bigger wrap, mm-hmm. and I think that's gonna be the point of difference. So I'll run with uh, Medina for the 2016 Fiji Pro Champion, but we'll see. We've got a lot of swell on tap coming our way. We've had a abundance of rest, so mm-hmm. that's been that's been good for us. And uh, yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, be sure to check out the Fiji Pro live on theworldsurfleague.com as well as the WSL app. And you can email us at bteam at worldsurfleague.com. We hope that the gap between this episode and the next one will be considerably shorter. But thanks again. Thanks for coming, guys. See ya. Thank you, Dave.